is the greatest chair shot podcast ever coming to you live on the last sunday of the lads it is nearly effing may the year is running away from us 2018 a million things have happened uh, and a million more yet to come and we're here to talk about some of those things this week on the chair shot podcast i'm one of your hosts barry murphy joined as always by my co-host first of all mr joe towner good evening barry and also with us Pressing the buttons, making the show happen. It's Mr. Paul Griffin. Hello. What, are you dying over there? Or? Um, no, I'm alright. I've got a little bit of a cough, but not... Yeah, you sounded like the ghost of Chris Blake there. The ghost of <laughs> Chris Blake past. <laughs> oh god, thank god, that's the only one. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, we got a, a, hell of a, a hell of a show coming up there, folks. I say that every week. I don't really know if it's going to be any good or not. We kind of just wing it, and then sometimes the show is good, and other times it isn't. Mm, mm. But uh, When is it ever not good? Uh, I don't know. Most times. Uh, one out of three. He's having a go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, listen. We've got a show coming up. We got emails. We got movie guff. We got game guff. We got wrestling. We got news. All right? I don't know what more... Yeah. Uh, the people uh, could want. Speaking of, uh, 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 you know, life and all that, um, I had a bit of a quiet week this week, but I was doing a little bit of DIY, my friends, and that is not Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny uh, Gargano. Um, so they were back together. No, no, nothing, nothing that cheerful. Um, so I, what I needed to do, right, lads? Now I'm not at all handy. You'll be shocked to know I'm not at all handy. <laughs> Um, you're not a Stephen Regal uh, man's man, are you? I, I, I am in, in the sense that it's a farce. <laughs> uh, and, and highly Incredibly amusing. camp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I needed to do, it's a fairly simple task, right? My PS4 is extremely loud and extremely warm when it's playing most kind of uh, uh, AAA big budget games playing God of War this week, mm. which I'll talk about in a bit. Make a lot of noise, right? Looked it up online and I was like, you know, this might help. It might not. What you need to do is crack that bad boy open and clean out the fan, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was reading a, 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 a how-to for this. And I was breezing past it. Like, I was like, uh, skip this first. Ah, I don't care about that. How do I get it? How do I get it? This thing? Okay, great. So I did that. So I, uh, I got a can of condensed, condensed air from, the, from a shop in town. Came home. Got my got my uh, uh, tool kiss out that I that I do actually own. Uh, I bought it in IKEA. It has not been used since I moved in. I'm fairly sure. Um, and I went to open up the back of the PS4. Couldn't do it. Why? Because they have very specific types of screws in the back of them. They're like tamper-proof mm. screws because they don't want like you know an idiot who doesn't know what he's doing opening it up and whatnot. So I had to order different screw heads on Amazon. That's right. Now all the algorithms are all screwed up, and every ad I see is recommending me hammers and like weird kind of like European screw types that I don't know what to do. Um, got it open anyway. I ordered my Amazon screw heads. They came in. Got the thing open. It looked absolutely fucking disgusted inside. It was like it, it was like cobwebs and sort of you know lost family pets inside the, the the jets and the fans of this of this PS4. It was absolutely disgusting. Cleaned it out, blew it out with the, con- with the condensed air. Got some cotton swabs in there. Cleaned it all out. Popped the top back on. Screwed it back in. Plugged it in. Still as noisy as ever. So that was great. 
um, uh, that was a useful uh, uh, bit of DIY for me. And so, and so with that not working, I've now retired from the uh, uh, manual labor field, uh, never again to actually pick up a tool. Um, uh, and that, that was the top and bottom of my DIY experience this week. Um, so wait, you didn't, basically you did nothing. I was going to say, not really DIY. I mean, no, no, you, I, didn't, I, I, you didn't do it yourself because you didn't do anything. What you mean? I took the case off the PS4, base. Bravo! And, and, and sure, yeah, there was absolutely no result, but listen, I did it, is what matters. I was kind of hoping that you cracking your PS4 off was going to result in a Homer Simpson barbecue. Why doesn't my one look like that? situation yeah well, well the real question is why does mine sound like that because no, none of the ps4 sound like mine it sounds like it's about to explode at any minute but um anyway <laughs> did, so, you, yeah. did you buy it did you buy it in that ira garage sale was it uh, well yeah i mean like it is sort of fashioned out of like you know some some very mysterious looking materials but but it it, it runs the games just fine and, all right so i suppose you two are our domestic gods around the house is it with your little with your tools hmm? Um, yes, in fact. What have I, you done? I'd have probably um, just built all of the furniture in this flat single-handedly. Mm. So Wait, yeah. hang on. Built it or like put it together from a flat pack? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's hard, though. That is hard. It's harder that, than getting a case of a PS4. That's why, that's why I had my girlfriend do it when I moved in. I couldn't be arsed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's life golf for me. What are you lads been up to? Um, I was down uh, at the seaside on Friday. Uh, it was the biannual uh, big marketing conference in my my industry, so I was down there by the seaside in Brighton. Uh, unfortunately, it was pretty shitty weather, so um, the fact that I was stuck inside a conference hall all day listening to people talk about uh, search engine optimization wasn't oh, so God. bad because it was raining anyway. Um, yeah, it was good. Then went to the world famous Brighton Pier for a few drinks. Um, this this the kind of what they call the after party of the conference. It's you get like a free drink and stuff. Unfortunately, they changed venues this year, and the restaurant it was held in possibly the worst bar experience I've ever had in my life. Oh, right. um, I don't think it. I think it was more of a restaurant than a bar. So perhaps they weren't prepared for hundreds of people descending with free drinks vouchers. Um, but basically, it was like 30 minutes waiting at the bar to get a drink. Um, there was one uh, woman wandering around who could only serve beer. She couldn't do like cocktails or spirits or anything. She was just like, literally, no, I can only pour beers. And I said, oh, can, I, can you give me a cider? She said, no, only beers. I don't know what the difference is between pouring a draft cider and pouring a draft beer, but apparently there is one. Um, mm. This woman hadn't been trained in it. Um, so we literally we stayed for one drink, went to try and queue up for another, and uh, eventually just decided to go home back to, back to London. Um, so it's quite fun, um, that aside. Uh, but yeah, that was my week. It was, uh, yeah, good, good, good week. I didn't get up too much. I burned myself making my dinner today. Nice. What were you cooking? Sausages. Oh. I got a little blister you, on my wrist now. Did you think your finger was one of the sausages? <laughs> you, turned, you, turned, 
Turned it over on the ground. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, what's that nail? Ugh. <laughs> one of those Juicy again. sausage. The butcher's giving me one of them finger sausages again. No, I don't know. I, I hit my hand off the grill. And uh, oh, no. it's on the outside of my wrist. It's a little, a little bubble forming. But uh, sure. yeah, well, I got blistered. I burned it. <laughs> it I didn't. I didn't uh, touch a, a mildly warm radiator. This is a, a proper little burn on my wrist. Hmm. You ever do? Okay. You got a hospital doctor? No, I'm a big man, aren't I? So <laughs> big man. Yeah. Although not a bit as big a man as I used to be. Um, Wait, are you talking about physically or metaphorically? Or? I'm probably bigger metaphorically, but not physically. No, I, I hit uh, 185 oh, oh, this week. Very nice. Uh, so that's the official hmm. 20 pounds lost. That's pretty good. And like, are you finding it tough to diet? or? No, it's remarkably easy, as long as you just don't don't eat too many calories, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the trick to it. It's a fairly, fairly simple formula, isn't it, really? It's actually grand, yeah. Like, here, here's, I, I know it's going to sound ridiculous, right? But, like, really the trick is, what I used to do was I would have, like, a crisp sandwich almost every day. Mm. I've, I've, like, for instance, okay, I've had, I think, three crisp sandwiches since the start of the year. So that's the, that's the kind of reduction that I've had, you know? Um, and yeah, I'm still using the app and that's how I track my, uh, track my calories. And as long as I kind of stay within range, I find that I'm not like hungry. I'm not starving myself, but just mm. eating the little bit less calories every day, my weight goes down instead of up and it's nice. That is the trick to it. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going the other way. I might catch you up soon. You're Paul. bulking up. I'm up, right? to, I'm up to 153 pounds. Oh, oh, oh. um, that's obviously all muscle, because uh, yeah. I'm fat, mate. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the protein shakes and shit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, my, yeah, my, I'll be up to 180 pounds, obviously, probably by the end of the month. So. Yeah, you're right, Brian Cage. Once I get on that uh, human growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> so, turn up looking like fucking Triple H at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from without the big fucking void belly. <laughs> I was I was thinking when I was watching the Saudi, um, whatever it's called, the Royal Rumble. Saudi Rumble. Yeah, he's starting to get that Hulk Hogan belly. Yeah. Let's go stop wrestling in a t-shirt. Mm, maybe. But I won't be wrestling in a t-shirt anymore, or or going to the beach in one because now I'm not as big as I used to Woo. be. That's good. One eighty one eighty five point eight. I weighed yesterday morning. Uh, celebrated with a big McDonald's today. Uh, well, as long as it's within your calorie range, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Actually, let me get my app out. Where's exactly. my phone? Here we go. Uh, so I'll give you the up the exact numbers here. Because I'm on twenty one hundred calories a day. That's my. Right. That's my limit. Um, so I'm going to put all my stuff in my app here that I've had. So diary. So McDonald's was 1,240 calories, which is a lot. Mm, that's that's the, <laughs> over half my daily allowance. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then dinner. That's what I'm putting in now. I had my sausages. Four pork sausages. That's 330 calories. Yeah, not too bad. And I had some 
uh, air fried chips with that. Ooh, yeah. I think I had about oh, 200 grams about that. And I had a super split ice cream for my dessert. So even with all that, I am still 100, uh, sorry, 293 calories under my <laughs> daily allowance with McDonald's. Wow. So I have a crisp sandwich. Just not no crisp sandwich today. I went to McDonald's, then I went to the cinema. Uh, mm. Didn't have any popcorn or coke because I just had a McDonald's. Uh, took the bus home, watched the football, then put on the dinner, sausages and chips, and then had an ice cream. Uh, and it also takes into account all the walking. I, I've walked uh, five and a half kilometers today. Nice. So what? Just under two miles, and that that burns off one hundred and forty calories. So I'm feeling good. Da, 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 boom. <clears throat> That's all. Natty again is not here, unfortunately. I was oh. up with her over the weekend up in uh, Rahini. And uh, yeah, flying solo again here at the moment. But aside from that, uh, I'm quite weak. Work was very, very busy. Um, and I'm I'm feeling a little bit tired from work the last few days. Like I like I it's so busy that I get home and I'm just pooped. Like don't really feel like playing video games or watching TV or watching movies. I just kind of lie around, not really doing anything. That being said, I watched four movies this week, which is up mm. from my my usual amount. But anyway, we get on to them. Alrighty. Uh, we can jump into our various goffs, I'd imagine. Uh, did anyone watch the new Westworld? No, I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, not yet, no. I also have not. No, because i got to watch that with, uh, with Natalia, and she's, again, been away for the last week and a half. So I'll wait for her to come back, and then we'll catch up on the first few episodes. I'll be able to watch it after this. I, just, I was going to watch it, then I kind of forgot. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I just, yeah, uh, yeah. just couldn't be bothered. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. Mm. Uh, fair enough. Uh, telling off next week, maybe we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I have been spending most of this week playing God of War in my spare time. In fact, that is actually all I've been doing. I don't think I've done anything else other than the brief uh, half hour I spent trying to improve my PlayStation 4. Uh, which did not end well. I actually just finished the game about three hours ago, um, and it was effing tremendous. Uh, uh, really, really, really great. Uh, as someone who really loved the original games on the PS2, I think this is the perfect balance of a new thing. They ha- they held absolutely nothing as sacred. They completely changed the controls. They can change. They changed the setting. They, they, it's it shares the genre, but basically everything you thought about how the game handled is different, mm. uh, and it uh, uh, kept. I was surprised, especially in the sort of second half of the game, the the volume of callbacks and ways it played off the original games was was pretty satisfying. It, it was a great balance. Um, uh, so yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it, and the way they they evolved the ca- the main character of Kratos was really great because I think I feel like it was it, I got into that game at a great age, which was fourteen, because it was an eighteen rated game that had the brain of like a ten year old. It was just a bloody, shouty, titillating murder fest 
with a a kind of deadpan serious story that I think everyone kind of took as a bit of a joke because it was so farcical, and yet and this thing is more serious and contemplative and not not only in isolation but also like reflective on what the character was in those older games it's really really surprising um yeah just just massive massive thumbs up and also like like a lot of the the first party uh playstation games your uncharted your last of us your your stuff like that just and horizon just like jaw-dropping to look at absolutely gorgeous like like top of the line like this is like the 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 new pinnacle of of what of what kind of console games look like. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I may go for the the platinum trophy. There's a ton of stuff to do after the credits. Oh uh, yeah, so so looking forward to it. I think you know I, I highly recommend it to anyone. You don't need to be a, a fan already to, to to get into the series. So if anyone's curious, I'd absolutely recommend it. Uh, yeah. So and I've I I have not really I haven't watched any telly other than the greatest Royal Rumble watching that. Uh, I have not really done anything with my spare time, uh, uh, and and you know, with the Avengers. But other than those things, all spare time at home this week has been spent playing that game. I cannot remember the last time I did that. Uh, so yeah, that's great. And I'll be I'll be heading back into I suppose Yakuza now on Monday because that got sidelined. But uh, yeah, uh, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Paul, did you play anything this week? Uh, no. No, I, I dipped in and out a little bit with just Pez playing playing Master League, but nothing uh, nothing substantial. I was in uh, Rage in Dublin, which is a, a retro that? video game store. Oh, I didn't know they had one of them. It's the Record and Game Emporium is the acronym. And is, it, is it in the city center? Yeah, it's uh, just off George's Street, um, which is near enough to Grafton Street. Uh, and they have like NES games, SNES games, N64, GameCube, PS1, PS2, Dreamcast, Game Boy, etc, etc, etc. Having a little snoop in there. Uh, one game that I'm particularly interested in, because I missed it first time round, have never played it, and you know I only ever hear great things about it, is uh, Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. And they had it there. Uh, just a loose cartridge, no box or anything. Eighty-five euro. Oh, so we gave it a miss this time, but I do have my eye on it. And they had a, they had a boxed link to the past on the Super Nintendo for about one hundred and twenty euro or something. Like the the you can typically go in there and get a a, a Super Nintendo or N sixty four game like loose. Uh, rather cheaply, like usually about 20, 30 euro. But obviously these ones are the the most sought after ones or the rarest ones. So the price obviously on those is a bit more high. But uh, yeah, so I did not get Super Metroid, but I was having a little snoop around. And that's a shop that I go into just for like that that rush of nostalgia. It's like, it's like most like uh, secondhand shops will have shit like that for like a tenner. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess, you know, the the... the... The nerds know know their value. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize there was anything there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so a bit light on the old game guff this week. Um, yeah. So we will uh, move forward there to movie guff. Uh, anything we want to talk about before we get into the Infinity War chat? Because I've seen it. I know you've seen it, Paul. Uh, anything we wanted to cover before we get into that? 
Well, someone saw Doctor Strange as well, apparently, which is we can almost use as a lead-in. Is that you, Joe? Yeah, I watched the Doctor Strange. I was thinking about going to the cinema to watch Infinity War, so I was like, oh, I better watch the last few movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, then I was like, nah, I can't be bothered going to the cinema to see it. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till the part two comes out next year and see that. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to change your heart. Um, but I did watch Doctor Strange because uh, it's one of only three of the the universe I haven't seen. I still haven't seen Black Panther and I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, so I will watch both of those. But yeah, I watched Doctor Strange. Uh, kind of boring. Um, it has uh, your Benedict Cumberbatch in it and he plays a Chinese wizard. Um, but he's also a doctor. And he gets yeah. magical powers. And then yep. um, some fella, I don't know, wants to get some powers so they can Magic take over the world, I think. Name. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the actor's. That, I don't know what the actor's name is, but the character is mad because the guy, the guy who built the Death Star, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 him, yeah, yeah. He wants the magic powers. I think either so he can take over the world or destroy it. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um. So they've got to stop him from doing that using the magic. Uh. And then I think that was it, really. And they do. And then Thor's comes in at the end. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That, was, that was the best bit. So, Thumbs in the middle. It's kind of <laughs> it, much like all of these movies. It's the same sort of thing. You had a similar kind of tone, even a similar kind of hero, and you know, it's kind of, it's all the like kind of magic or your cast. It, it, yeah, kind of magic. Um, white whitewashed Iron Man. <laughs> um, yeah. There, although there is one Chinese fella in there, which is nice. Benny Wong. It's a good. <laughs> yeah, one in the film, like city in China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't really get into it. I didn't care about the stakes. It wasn't that enjoyable. It had the same kind of self-referential jokes where he's like, he said, oh, I'm going to use a pan-dimensional uh, you know, force field to transport to the other side of New York. And she's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, that joke's not funny anymore. Um, yeah, so I didn't really enjoy it. I think I've only enjoyed maybe three of these movies, Marvel movies, maybe four. No, wait, three. Uh, Iron Man, Thor Ragnarok, and Spider-Man Homecoming. You've seen Guardians, haven't you? Yeah, I don't like that. You didn't like it? Yeah. It's not care for it one bit, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're batting three out of 18 or whatever it is currently. But I'll still watch all of them because I'm a fucking mark. Just like I, just like I watched five hours of the Saudi Royal Rumble for some reason. Yeah, um, yeah. What, yeah. What, 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 what is it with ingesting all this content we're sort of indifferent to? I know, just to keep piling on. Um, yeah, that was the only real movie I watched this week, I think. Fair enough. We'll, uh, we'll jump into the old uh, uh, Infinity War then. And it's funny you mentioned about you know, what you have and haven't seen. Paul, I don't know, like... Infinity War is probably the first film in this entire franchise and maybe one of the best examples of all time of a film where I think you just you cannot watch it if you've not seen the uh, uh, the previous films. Um, this is like it's very long and it's it is just constant action and there is literally 
zero time spent reintroducing any of the characters or concepts or locations um, uh, to to it. So yeah, so you you really have to be caught up. I was trying to, since I saw it, I've been trying to like narrow down what's the bare minimum uh, list of films you kind of have to see to be up to date on the, the basics of what's going on. And it was like Avengers 1 and 2, Guardians 1 and 2, uh, Black Panther, Thor. I don't know that I would include Guardians 2 in that, to be fair. Well, just because they kind of, I think maybe, yeah. My, my reasoning for Guardians 2 was that the relationship between Gamora and Nebula is kind of leaned into a little bit in this one, uh, which is fleshed out in 2. But yeah, you could probably leave 2. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um because yeah, it's just like if you skip that, th- this film picks up immediately. Like as that film ends, this one resumes. The problem with Thor Ragnarok is rather than watch the movie, you can sum up in almost one sentence what people need to know going into this. Is like um, Thor spoilers for Ragnarok. If anyone's not seen it, by the way, skip twenty seconds ahead. Uh, Thor loses his eye, and him and Hulk are in space somewhere. That's all you yeah, need to know. <laughs> that is it. And Asgard is blown up, and that, that that is fairly important as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, yeah. So, I think like Avengers one and two, Thor, Ragnarok, Guardians one, and like maybe Spider Man if you wanted to to get it there. But also, like, there is a, a scene where again we're, we're going to keep it vague here, no spoilers on this show. But there's a scene where they're like, we need to go to Wakanda for purposes that I will not reveal here on this podcast. And again, like if you haven't if you haven't seen the previous films, you haven't seen Civil War and Black Panther, they they ain't telling you what's special about Wakanda that that's why they need to go there. It's just assumed you have to know. It's 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 pretty crazy because I feel like, you know, if you're recommended to someone, oh, you should watch Winter Soldier. It's it's incredible. And if they ask you, do I need to have seen Avengers or Captain America one to see it? The answer is no. You know, you'll benefit if you do, but you don't need to see it to enjoy that film. In this, I feel like, even though you can grasp, hey, the big purple one is the bad guy, uh, there's so many other things that will just completely go over your head, and and they're offhandedly referencing locations and events and relationships and dynamics that are not at all explained in the film, that it's 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 essential that you watch those. But, uh, but anyway, uh, so that... That's 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 the preamble, but I I really liked Infinity War. I thought it was uh, kind of remarkable in how it it balanced the like just looking at the poster, the the I think almost twenty main characters they got on there, including the villains. Um, uh, it was all action. It uh, uh, it didn't drag at all, despite being so fucking long. I think a lot of these Marvel movies are way too long, but uh, this one I thought was very well paced. It was uh, 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 CGI was mostly good. Uh, they've had mixed results of that in the past, uh, and I thought it was kind of uh, a refreshing direction and ending for it. Uh, Paul, what did you think of it? Um, I was a real big fan of it. Um, I would consider it probably one of my favorite Marvel movies in the universe. Yeah, and I'm not, as you guys know, I'm not a super big. Marvel fan, comic fan. I don't. I think the majority of the movies are fine. I think I think most of the the MCU fall in the like six or seven out of ten range. But I do think this was one of the better ones. I, I I'm not 
solid on my my decision, but as of now, I've put it at number two in the hierarchy of best to worst. Um, behind, I still consider like the first Avengers felt like a you know a big event at the time. I think this does too. I think this is the first one since then to have that big kind of must see. Whereas the first Avengers kind of felt like. The culmination of the original kind of series of movies where you have the Captain America movie, the Thor movie, the Iron Man movie. This is the first time you have them all together. This very much feels like that of the whatever the last <laughs> whatever the last fucking ten movies have been. This is like definitely it definitely feels like a culmination, definitely feels like a payoff. Um and so having spent so many hours watching this movie, I definitely felt rewarded. Uh because as you said, um this is a movie that definitely expects that the audience is going into it knowing who these people are and what's going on. Mm. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. It felt like an event, and I, I kind of, you know, I'm, I think I'm the low man on the on the ensemble films. I really didn't like Ultron. I initially didn't like Avengers. I liked it more in a rewatch, but I, I, I just, it felt like uh, the plainness of the plot you know, was, was something I just couldn't get over despite the rest of it being fairly entertaining. Whereas this, sure. it's like, uh, I feel like this, you know, I, I looked at the trailer and I remember I saw the trailer shortly after I saw Justice League and I was like, oh my God, I cannot watch another one of these. I cannot watch uh, the uh, ugly CGI thing wants to get the thing <laughs> to kill everyone and sure. superheroes have to try and get on the same page to stop him. And it's just in execution, it really was so much more than that. And, and like, I mean, you know, blew away. I mean, it's not even in the same universe as, as uh, Justice League. Justice League is such a, a like, like, <laughs> it's funny because, like, the original Avengers was, like, what, six years ago? Uh, and, like, yeah. and a, a lot of these other universes, including, you know, X-Men and DC, they're still trying to catch up to that movie with six main characters. That that achievement of, of, of an ensemble film. And meanwhile, Marvel's over here. In six years, they've hit another milestone with this just absolutely massive, like, like impossible to comprehend thing. Um, uh, it really, they really are, you know, running rings around, around everyone else. I thought that... Um, my my initial reservations about Thanos and his motivations were uh, were alleviated quite well. I thought they did an excellent job of it's the the movie's kind of about Thanos in a lot of ways. Um, uh, his origins and his desires and 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 what have you uh, get a lot of time, uh, which was greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, I, I I was very pleasantly surprised with how they made me care about what on paper might look like a plot that just kind of makes you roll your eyes. Yeah, they do a great job of making you care about a lot of characters that I don't think I otherwise would. I mean, previously I didn't really care about. Um, certainly, I thought Vision was one of the weaker characters in the series, and him and uh, yeah. Scarlet Witch. Like the yes. like when he was introduced in Ultron, I just kind of thought he was silly looking, and I didn't really care about him. But even though they have like a really strong little B story here, um, but conversely, I think one of the weaknesses of the film is that just because there are so there are so many characters, there are a few that feel like a little bit underdeveloped or that they don't really have much to do. Um, Captain America, in particular, um, 
having in in Civil War, Captain America is you know uh, shuns from the superhero world. He goes to uh, if I don't if I'm not mistaken, he went to like Wakanda or something originally. Um, I don't think I don't think it was specified where he went. I thought I thought at the end of that movie he was like there with Black. I, I don't know. Anyway, he disappears no, uh, somewhere. No, wait, 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 Winter Soldier went into exile in. Wakanda. I actually don't think it was specified where Captain America. Okay, went. Captain America went off gallivanting somewhere, and uh, this is his like his return, right? His return movie, and yeah. I, I felt like the moment where he returned didn't feel as big, and for the rest of the movie he just doesn't really do anything. He's just like a, a faceless soldier. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have like a special Captain America moment. He doesn't yeah do anything out of the ordinary. He's just kind of there. Um, and there's a few other characters that I think I could say the same thing about, but, um, overall, yeah, really good. I thought the pacing was really great of it. There there wasn't any particular scene or any particular part that I felt like went long or that was less interesting than the others. I think it kept the pace quick enough shifting from like story to story Yeah, Uh, because, because the the characters for the most part are kind of segmented off into these little B stories. Yeah. And they're all, and but they are still, but they're all good. They're, seg- they're segmented, but they're groups we haven't seen before. It is, it is, you know, Thor and the Guardians and what have you is one of the one of the, one of the groups. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's part of what made this film work for me and feel like event. Even though we all kind of knew Guardians of the Galaxy was in the same universe and owned by the same people, and we all knew that this was the ultimate destination, that thing was such an overnight success and such, I think, a surprising success to a lot of people. That it, it it kind of feels like away from the Marvel brands, just the Guardians of the Galaxy name is now kind of this big blockbuster hit on its own. So even though we've all known that they are, it's it's technically not even a crossover. They've all it's been acknowledged they are part of the same universe all along. It still felt like a cool event, like oh, we are seeing these two different uh, uh, um, entities crossover. So it still felt like that was that was a special occurrence. They they uh, they introduced. Um the Guardians really well as well. They kind of fit seamlessly into the universe. They don't feel like because usually the tone of those movies is so different. They don't necessarily feel like a sore thumb standing out. They kind of seamlessly integrated into it. And I was yeah. very happy to see um, Batista. Uh, obviously, Drax in the first Guardians is like tremendous. In the second one, they made him kind of a laughing fool, and then in this one, he's like he was in the first one again, where he's like deadpan and dead serious, and so funnier for me at least. Yes, yeah, I thought he was much better in this than than Guardians Two. Uh, uh, very much appreciated. Um, yeah, all all the little dynamics, the weird kind of uh, groups they split them into is great. You know, um, we mentioned the the Doctor Strange Iron Man kind of parallel. They obviously butt heads in this because they're so similar. Um, yeah, it's really great. I so I I saw this twice uh, already. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, my my so I saw it. I saw it. We discussed last week. I went to see it at midnight, and that was because I did not want to see. I saw a couple of people grousing that they had the film spoiled for them, and I was like, I'm so glad that I went straight away because I feel like I feel like we obviously haven't really talked about the ending. We won't get into specifics here, but I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed if I found out about all of this before I before I saw it. But uh, I saw it. It was great. Uh, it is fucking long, and even though I came out of it at that first showing saying, "Wow, that you know that." Mostly felt like it was paced very well. I was getting a little bit sleepy there in the middle. Um, well, that's because you so saw it at goddamn midnight or something. Well, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's okay. my point. Yeah. So I, I, I went. 
uh, then on like a Saturday morning showing, um, and like watching it back. First of all, I enjoyed it even more. Second time, I feel like there was uh, some nuance there that I missed. And, and second of all, yeah, that that pacing, it's like it's kind of remarkable the way they did it. It's it's so snappy, but they but they make the most of 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 the the runtime. It never feels like it's waiting, and it's 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 really 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 impressive. Um, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, they, so, so the ending, uh, so this is, I think it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. So, I, I mean, they, the, the filmmakers, the Russo brothers were just out there. They were straight up saying that they were, they were, there were going to be deaths in the movie. It was not like they were even going, it's, they, they didn't, they didn't, you know, play coy at all. They did say that. And, and obviously the big talk coming out of this movie was that the ending is kind of shocking and, uh, and all this other stuff. I, I did really really like the ending first of all in execution especially watching it the second time in execution i thought it was a fantastically well done scene uh the the culmination of the film uh uh and then secondly i thought it was it was a really shocking direction to go in but i don't know if you feel the same but it's hard to really take any really dire consequences seriously in this universe when you, I can't sort of switch off the real world part of my brain that knows how these movies are churned out. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, what you know, what's the real consequence of, you know, character X dies? Like, what's the real consequence of that? Like, are they actually dead, or will there be a comic book switch flipped? That oh, we we brought him back with the magic trombone that we played. Well, we know, they they uh, even had. <laughs> Never mind about what happens after. They even have at the very like start of this movie. Obviously, I won't say who, but a character appears to be killed, and then I guess through the use of the the magic stones, uh, it was revealed to be like a, a a a different reality, and that in fact he's fine or she is fine. Yes. Uh, so even even in this movie, they established that when somebody dies, you're kind of, you know. Depending on which reality you exist in. Yeah. There's also, <laughs> there's also again, going to keep it vague, not say when or who or where, there's a death that is straight up uh, reversed by uh, the time stone, the Doctor Strange time stone. Um, so, like, that's, that's the weird thing, is that kudos to them, you know, a lot of people made the Empire comparison, they, they went for their Empire Strikes Back moment, I think they got it, I think it was excellent, but I... I and like I, when people when when people like the mega fans and the influencers and all these other people saw it a few days before general release and they were coming out and they were floored and they were crying and they were like oh I'm shaking at what I've just seen it's like I I 15 years ago if this film came out and it wasn't this Disney machine churning this out if I saw this ending I probably would have been the same but you know a with how they make these movies but also. The plot device gauntlet that Thanos has, it's, it's you know, as, as you mentioned, it's been established, it can basically do anything. So so the next film is probably going to be about getting it and then fixing everything, you know what I mean? Um, also, I think, you know, this is originally called Infinity War Part 1 and 2, 2 being next year. Yeah, I, I kind of, as because of that alone, I was going in expecting some kind of cliffhanger ending. Because and it's Part I, 1, think, you know? And I think it's really telling that with the ending they had, it's like 
the official reason they gave for renaming so the next one's just called Avengers Four. They haven't even given it a, a title yet, but they've they've undone the Part Two naming convention, and it's like they they say it was just because we just wanted everyone to know that this is not one big film split into two pieces. This is this is two separate films, and it's like when you see this one, then you're like, no, you you did that so people would would bite on the ending more, uh, you know, and, and and they did. I mean, trust me, they did. But but anyway, but that's I mean that's a minor criticism. And again, it's like if you if you are numb to that, and a lot of kids who are going to go see this probably will be like the ending is like this incredible thing uh, uh, that that will uh, rock their worlds, no doubt. Uh, but yeah. Really fantastic! I hope everyone goes to see it. I would even uh, recommend Joe. I, I would recommend you go see it. I, I wouldn't wait for a year for it. it it's really yeah, good. I it's would, really good. I, well, I would go see it. Yeah, mm. it's 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 cool. Mm. Did you like? Did you? I haven't like, seen Black Panther yet. Uh, Black Panther's yeah, really we, good. Black Panther's really good. Yeah, Black Panther, Black Panther is worth seeing. But like, you, at least you know who he is and what Wakanda is. If you've seen Civil War, you saw Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you like Winter Soldier? I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> well, it's that, the director's... Uh, is that one where someone tries to take over the world and they have to stop him or something? Yeah, actually. So you have seen it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but Winter Soldier doesn't really America. have that plot so Captain America's in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, well, it's 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 the directors of Winter Soldier and Civil War, if that's of any motivation to you at all. Those are like my two... I think those might be my two favourites. Um, and more importantly, Arrested Development. So... That's right. So, uh, and there, there is, there is an Arrested Development uh, uh, Easter egg in yeah. Infinity War. So, yes. So there's your big comic book movie of the week. Uh, next week, Ant Man two. Um, yeah. Actually, next, not, not that far off, Deadpool two. Uh, which Paul, are you even going to go see that? You didn't like first. I don't know. Look, looking, looking at the trailer, it's like I cannot fathom this. Like changing your mind or in any way, like no, some, like yeah. first, it looks like it looks like the exact same idea, but but a sequel. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I won't make any what, promises. Fucking Josh Brolin will be able to retire on his comic book movie after this year. Oh, absolutely. Um, because I mean, Infinity War is looking like two hundred and fifty million. Uh, opening weekend in the states. Deadpool two will probably be massive. The first one was massive, um, and he's in both of them. So fair play to him. Mm. So yeah, uh, only only two films between this and uh, the next Avengers film. We have uh, Ant Man in June, I think it is. Uh, the second Ant Man film, which looks alright. Uh, they said yeah. that that's that's set before Infinity War, so we're not even, there's not even going to be any you know story progression of that. And then Captain Marvel with Brie Larson uh, is mm. next next March, and that's set in the nineties. So there, so so the the cliffhanger, you know, shocking ending of Infinity War will not be expanded upon literally until the next Avengers film in May of next year. So uh, so uh, stay tuned to CSP for more conversation about that in a year's time if we make it. Uh, so, with all that said, uh, anyone seen any other movies? I'll tell you what, lads, I'm going to try and do more movie golf on this show because uh, for the purpose of going to see Infinity War a second time, I got myself an Odeon Limitless card. Woo! Uh, their subscription service to see whatever you want, whatever you want. I was like, because to be honest, I was like, I was like oh, do I want to spend... 
I can, like seeing a, a film twice, something I really do. Seeing it within two days is, also, is even rarer. So it's like, I tell you what, why don't I just get this card gimmick? Uh, so I'll probably, so <laughs> there's not a whole lot out at the moment is the problem. So I'm probably just going to end up seeing like Rampage. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's not very good. I saw it already. It's, yeah, well, but that, well, now I don't really have to pay fork out any extra money for it. So that's that's true. Uh, so that's good. So uh, I'll see that. And it's funny because before Infinity War, both times there was a solo trailer, yeah. and both times I was like, "Who the fuck could possibly want to watch that?" And then I was like, "Well, I probably end up seeing it now because I'm I'm going to try and make use of this." As much as I can, but uh, yeah. So I'll try. I'll try and do a bit more movie golf as we go on. But for now, uh, uh, that's all I've seen. Uh, Paul, what else have you been watching this week? Uh, I saw another movie in the cinema uh, called A Quiet Place. Yes. Which you talked about last week, I think, or was it the week before? What I don't know. You saw it. I saw it. And A Quiet Place is a new movie by John Karkovsky or whatever his name is. That lad from The Office. Krasinski. That's the one. He he made a horror movie that is about a family that if you make a noise, you get attacked by monsters. That's right. That's the whole movie. There's there's literally nothing else to it. I didn't like it. What? Yeah, I thought it was um, kind of shallow. Um, it has its 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 main premise is it delivers. Yeah, I'd say pretty well on, you know, but it doesn't have anything else to it. There's no like depth to the story, or there's like there's nothing else going on underneath the surface of there are monsters. If you make a noise, they attack you. There's not like I think I think you might have likened it to signs. I've I've, I've heard a few people liken it to M Night Shyamalan's mm. movie Signs. But, not me, but yeah. I don't my, well, yeah, yeah. some other people have said it to me that it's kind of like Signs. But science has like so much going on. It has like Mel Gibson is a priest who is going through a, a crisis of faith because his wife was killed in this accident, and then you know on the surface level, it's a movie about aliens uh, coming to Earth. But you know the movie isn't really about that. The movie is about belief and and self conviction and blah blah blah. This is just a movie about if you make a noise, you get attacked by a monster. There's nothing else to it, you know? Well, there's the, there's the family dynamic, you know? Yeah, but the, the, again, it's not very deep, the family dynamic. You you have the... At the very, very start of the movie, uh, which, and it's in the trailer. At the very, very start of the movie, the, the youngest little kid gets killed, okay? Within the first five minutes. And so you have this dynamic of, like, the, the daughter who is, in, you know implicit in some way in this happening or or let's say responsible in some way for this happening has this guilt of you know she feels guilty about it she blames herself for it uh but she, that doesn't really play into the movie very much like there's not really a scene where she's like reclused because of it or that she's like become very very introverted or you know her behavior doesn't really change in any way she's the same exactly the same character um, and there's this like father daughter dynamic where she thinks that he blames her for the kid's death and that he doesn't love her and stuff like that. But again, it's it's not really does it's not really gone into or investigated in any great way. There's one scene where he takes the son for a walk and doesn't take the daughter, and that's kind of the extent to which they go into that relationship. Um, so it just it just felt kind of underdeveloped on a on a purely 
you know allegorical way it, it again the the key scenario of be quiet because there are monsters that's that's okay and that that is done admittedly quite well but there's nothing else really for you to get to get your hooks into and even within that main premise there are like plot holes and there are um you know moments that feel kind of more lazy than clever for me um like let's say joe you you've not seen a quiet place right no okay let's say you have this little family you and your your wife (laughs) you have these little kids and there there are monsters right and if there are loud noises there are loud noises uh, if there's a loud noise, they fucking attack you and kill you. Okay, what would be what would be the one thing that you would not do? Um, oh, I don't know. Would you knock Might up your wife? Noises. Would you knock up your wife? Probably. <laughs> well, no, that, I would. No, that happens in this movie. She's pregnant. She'd and give birth. She'd have to give birth. Yeah, and and yeah. what would happen after she gave birth then? The baby be going. Ah, yeah. Well, that happens. Well, they, they prepared. They prepared for that. They prepared for that by putting a mattress over a hole and sitting in the hole. It worked. It worked. What are you talking about? Here's the cops now. No, here comes. Here comes the bad take, police. To get Paul. Here's no, but there, there, there's there are too many little like um, contrivances <laughs> that annoyed me as well. Like the 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 family ha- live in this farmhouse surrounded by like fields of crops and that's kind of where for me the similarities with signs end ended <laughs> and they have like this series of lights set up to show to like people outside that the that the monsters are in the area uh where the lights change from like yellow to red and they have like uh video cameras everywhere because they have this room in the basement where they have like 15 screens with all like video from all the different areas around the house right why wouldn't they set up like a perimeter of speakers? So, because they established in the movie that if there's a louder noise, then that the monsters get attracted to that and you can kind of live your life. You know, there's one scene where him and the son are sitting behind a waterfall and the waterfall is really loud. So he says, well, because the waterfall is louder, we can just talk and we won't get attacked. But they, why, why, did, why did they just move to the Hoover Dam then? Well, why didn't they do anything with that story thread? Like, they they established this thing. If there's a really loud noise, you are essentially protected. They don't do anything with it. Yeah, they do. they have a scene later on where they use sound a louder sound to distract away from their escape. I think they do that. I think they do there, that. There, there's a, well, there's a scene later on where they use fireworks to distract. Yeah. But that that's that that's not the same thing. They, they <laughs> no 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 no. The the thing that he says to the son is when there's a loud noise, we can be make noises undetected well he's no, it's, the, not, it's not it's not the same thing as when there's a loud noise it's like the the scene in question is they're at they're, they're at the side of a river and it's like it's more that it's like the noise level is more constantly high at that place it's not a it's not a dead silent creepy house where a loud drop of glass is going to stand out more whereas if you're next to a waterfall like yeah, they're they're not they're not like you know they're not constantly drawn to like this never ending waterfall of noise. Well, why not. why didn't they make when they're doing their video camera perimeters? Why didn't they do a perimeter speakers making waterfall noise, and then they would be left alone? <laughs> you know, there's just 
the okay, I get I get that with the movies like this, you have to just kind of accept the rules of the movies are as they are. <laughs> and why, 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 when John Krasinski runs into the ropes, does he bounce back and run? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's just two, and and then, um, not to obviously spoil the ending or anything, but the 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 way the monsters were, let's say, quote unquote, defeated, defeated was really really uh first of all really dumb and secondly they literally had to spell it out for you over the course of like 30 seconds so that you as a dumb audience member would get what was happening where it's like shot of the daughter shot of the whiteboard where written on it is what is the weakness question mark with a box around the word weakness (sighs) it was very silly yeah i i was super disappointed with it to be honest i thought uh, and also, I, I don't know if you had this same criticism, Barry. Um, the first 30 minutes are really boring. Because it feels like you have the first five-minute scene in the supermarket, and that's really tense, really good. And then there's like 30 minutes where they just are like fucking playing Monopoly and cooking, and nothing happens. <laughs> and then you have, for the last like hour, the monsters. But there's this like 35, 25-minute part where there's fucking nothing happening. And I was like, this movie is so fucking boring. Nothing's happening. So yeah, I was very, very disappointed with it. Um, to the point that I, I wouldn't recommend it. I thought it was... There there, there were there were some contrivances. There were. I mean, uh, I mean to be fair, any movie that is very, very, um, you know, high concept is going to have, if you look deep enough, uh, problems that kind of, the foundation falls apart if you if you go deep enough. But um yeah, I just felt like one of the one of the biggest problems I had with it was a lot of the problems that kind of fall on the family are caused by their own clumsiness or their own stupidity. So I find I found it hard to be sympathetic to characters who are so dumb. Like the like with this the kid at the very very beginning, right? They're in a supermarket and and the little boy finds this rocket that makes a noise and plays lights and so on and the 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 father says no 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 can't have that and takes the batteries out of the rocket and leaves on a counter and then just fucks off and leaves the the kid in there with the daughter um a good father probably would escort the children out and say don't touch that rocket he just disappears and the daughter goes here have back the rocket and then the little kid reaches up and takes the batteries and just like when that kid gets killed i found it hard to be like you know I, f- I felt I felt more like uh, rather than feeling sympathetic for the family I, f- I felt more like well you kind of caused that yourself and there was a lot of moments throughout where it, it, problems were caused by the characters themselves being dumb and clumsy so. um, fair enough it wasn't the worst movie of the week I've seen though because continuing on my Dwayne Johnson Film watching, which still doesn't have a name. Um, I watched uh, one and a half movies. I haven't finished one of them. But I watched uh, The Other Guys, which is a comedy with Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg. And that was uh, that was okay. I didn't... Uh, I like that. I, I didn't dislike it. I, I really, really, really liked the, uh, the parts that The Rock was in. Because he and Sam Jackson played these, like, way over-the-top... Um, like 
Hawaii Five-O style cops who just are like destroying the city to arrest the little misdemeanor criminal, you know? And they're so kind of braggadocious and so over the top. That like, I would watch a movie with them in it. Um, and then when The Rock and Sam Jackson stop being in it, it kind of just becomes a, a, a you know, paint-by-numbers Will Ferrell comedy. Um, but The Rock stuff was really good, in it, and he was very funny. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is not a good actor. And Will Ferrell... I, I like Will Ferrell, but I felt this wasn't one of his better ones. But it was okay. I also watched the first um, maybe 20, 25 minutes of Doom... With The Rock from 2005. And uh, too early to uh, give a full review. But uh, that movie sucks. Yeah. Have either of you seen it? No. No. Thank God. It's not good. It's not good. But uh, it's on Netflix. So I'm watching it. So maybe I'll have a full review of Doom next week. But don't expect it to be anything more than like... A one or a two out of ten. It has a very um, alien versus predator feel to it. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I've again, I'm only twenty twenty five minutes in, but I think I've already picked up on like three or four video game puns oh, no. or references that I'm like, oh, it's this kind of movie. Okay. And have you, you haven't even gotten to the part where it goes in first person yet? Have you? I haven't even got to that part yet. Oh great. So that's all the movies this week. Have an email here from Enrique who says, saw you were in Spain and mentioned the podcast that you tried Taco Bell. Was just wondering fucking why. Cheers, Enrique. Well, Enrique, because I was curious and I didn't get to do it while I was in the States. And, you know, uh, it was cheap, which is how I make my decisions when it comes to food. Uh, and it was effing tasty. So, uh, so I have no shame. I will support the bell if it ever comes to Ireland, which I hope is soon. Uh, I'm sure Dublin doesn't have one yet, actually, now that I think about it. But again, I guess where would you put it? Where where they wouldn't have to pay extortionate amounts of rent. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like the bell. Uh, that's my one email for this week. Hmm. I, I have an email. Uh, also from Enrique. He says, subject stuck here. Uh, I've been watching wrestling with my nieces for about six years now, and I just recently had her younger sister actively get into it as well. So far as to confront me about never taking to a wrestling show, and like her older sister who's gone to four shows. So I'm having to take them both to this, this year's Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver from the Staples Center. Here's my predicament. My oldest niece is going to be 12 years, 12 years old this year and entering middle school. Still fully believes in wrestling as completely legitimate altogether. Mind you, she realises that some things are just light cues that are given to people who control them for the show, etc. But for the most part, believes everything else. Should I break it to her before the show? Run the risk of her being delusioned and maybe ruining it for her younger sister? Maybe she straight up stops caring about wrestling altogether? She's become the kid in her class who's defending wrestling as real, apparently, and holding her own pretty well. But I don't know what to do. Eagerly awaiting your reply. Enrique. Ooh, um... I think, Enrique, I mean, 12 years old, I think it's time you need to smarten this kid up. Um, <laughs> K-Fabe K- K- can't live forever. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised, given <laughs> if you've watched any WWE programming recently, that anyone would 
remotely think it could be anything other than uh, completely fake. They don't even... In fact, they acknowledge that on the show. Roman Reigns cuts promos saying they're scripted. Um, so I'm quite surprised that anyone would um, not realise this. Maybe she only watches this week in WWE and uh, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mm. see that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think um, it's tricky because I don't know... Um, quite how you explain that that it's just entertainment that um, the hazards are real you know? the hazards are real maybe maybe just <laughs> send her to um, RF video shoots <laughs> <laughs> watch watch uh, like a six hour Jim Cornette fucking video yeah then she'll definitely never want to watch wrestling ever again <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah I think um yeah, if she goes to middle school and tries to defend wrestling being real, I don't, I don't think that's going to go well. So, it would be the kindest thing to do to, to smarten her up. I mean, I you know I appreciate the you know enforcing kayfabe. Um, at some point, you have to realise it is entertainment. Uh, so thanks for that, Enrique. Hope that was useful advice. Um, that's all my emails. Right, I also have an email. Also from Enrique, he says, I noticed I always, uh, excuse me, I noticed I tend to always email you about food. Sorry. Hmm. He says, piggybacking, piggy, I can't even speak this week, piggying back on what I asked Barry. Any of you guys have an affinity for maybe a particular type of food you guys aren't privy to in your neck of the woods? I guess I'm lucky to live so close to Los Angeles where almost any type of food or type of restaurant is accessible. Feel like sushi or poutine or Korean barbecue or just some actual authentic honest to God Mexican food, street vendor or otherwise. And yes, even the weird parts of the animal like stomach, tongue, intestines or head are just a trip, are just trip down a freeway or two and there it is. Let me know in Rike. Um... Hmm, that's a real good question. I don't know. Um, I feel like I, I, I did. I, I did like when I went to Texas. Um, obviously not in actual Mexico, but they had a, a variety of. <laughs> there's a little bit more legitimacy to their Mexican food than what we have over here, and I had an awful lot of it because the crew I was with they liked their their Mexican food, and it was tasty. It was tasty, and it was a lot better than what we had here. Um, I mean, there's really not a, other than like the stuff you get in the store, you know, the the supermarket is not not the real deal. And we've kind of just started in Limerick, really, you know, Mexican places, but they're they're you know they're not that great. They're, they don't have variety. They, you know, they they don't treat it. There's there's nowhere you could go to like sit down and have a nice Mexican meal. It's all fast food burrito places. Whereas over in over mm. in Texas, it was like like. You could there's there's nowhere there there's nowhere here that isn't fast food. Whereas over there, it's like you can go and have actual like Tex-Mex cuisine in a, in a proper setting that's not out of a paper bag. Um, so I do I do miss that. Up in Dublin, obviously they have more options. You can go to some places where you have a little bit more diversity. But uh, we're we're playing catch up down here. So that's that's one for me anyway. I feel like the only thing this is going to sound a bit rich of me, but I think the only food that I can't get here that I miss from my time living in France is like a proper fresh French baguette in the morning. <laughs> like I think of all the things I miss about living in France. 
<laughs> S'il vous plaît. I think all, the only thing I'm <laughs> burning my hand with the sausage. I think the only thing I miss about living in France was getting up in the summer and walking down to the bakery and getting lovely, proper, fresh, like French bread. Oh, so good. Alas, here we only have a thing called cuisine de France, which is frozen shite made in the shop, which is not good. I um. I'd like to be able to get a broader range of flavoured Oreos. Yes, um, yes, yes, they yes. Have, they have mad flavours over there but um, in America, but here you pretty much get your bog standard, sort of the regular ones, uh, peanut butter, mint, strawberry ones like that. Golden, do, like, golden Oreo ones. Yeah, okay. but I want like a mad, you know, candy floss flavour or... I've had uh, the birthday flavour Oreos. Good. The birthday like birthday cake flavor, I got them in the imp- yeah. the import aisle in the local Tesco. It was like eight euro, um, and they weren't they weren't particularly nice, but I liked the experience of having them. Yeah, they were like sickly yeah. sweet, but they were they were all right. Yeah, um, so that other than that, not really. I mean, you can get most stuff here. I mean, I suppose like In and Out. Or maybe some of the other burger places, but again, you can get good burgers, so yeah, it's not a huge, huge miss. I feel like if I were to move to somewhere like Los Angeles, I would miss a lot of the the Irish stuff that we've kind of got used to here. Yeah, like Irish butter, yeah, beef and potatoes. Can't have potatoes in America; they don't exist over there. No rubbish. No, they only they have, have good tea. eggplant and uh, whatever else they have. What do they call rocket over <laughs> there again? What do they call what? Rock? Wild rocket. Oh, arugula. Arugula. It's <laughs> a funny name, isn't it? I'll have some arugula with a side of eggplant, please. <laughs> Say that in Ireland. They're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Arugula is good, right. though. I like it. Oh yeah, don't knock the arugula. No. Um. Nice. So wrestling. Thank you for your email, Enrique. See. Oh, wrestling. We have to talk about wrestling. Come I, we, on, we got five hours of um, Rumble. Saudi Arabian propaganda to get through. So let's go. Joe, oh, yeah. can you sum up in a sentence your thoughts on the greatest Royal Rumble? Um, mildly enjoyable, if incredibly inconsequential show that was a front for a autocratic regime. I think that sums it up pretty well. Mm. I think I would call the show uh, instantly forgettable. Yeah, it was like one of those UK pay-per-views from the kind of late 90s. Where you know yeah. there could be no title changes and no, no storyline advancements. And I, think, I think you made I think you made the comparison when they made the Rusev Undertaker match that it was <coughs> like not even a UK pay per view like a UK house show from twenty years. Oh ago. yeah, yeah, World World Rampage ninety one. <laughs> uh, for a more modern comparison, it, this was no different than the uh, like the Beast from the East and the Madison Square Garden network specials. Yeah, where I think some people went into those expecting something cool, and what we actually just got was a 
a sort of middling house show broadcast. That's all it was. Well, at least at least on Beast of the East, we got an NXT title change. True. There was no title changes on this show. There were, admittedly, uh, the I don't consider the vacant no, tag no, titles no. to be a change. But all the other belts were like successfully defended. Uh, excuse me, what about Braun winning the Women Can Drive Now belt? <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to defend that uh, against Nicholas. Um, I thought this. I thought the show was was mostly boring. I mean, it was a waste. It was a waste of my entire Saturday morning, to be honest. Are you you didn't, you didn't watch it on Friday, no? Hour, you know. No, I was in Brighton on Friday, oh, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. couldn't watch it. So I watched it. So I got up Saturday morning and watched it. Um, I, I it's not even worth going through the results because. Nah. No, we have to go this, through the results. This, no, Paul, we don't. Well, let's 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 <laughs> let's, let's go through the thing and anything notable. Let's, well. let's be liberal and just skip through the stuff that didn't matter. So, but I, the first match I thought was interesting because it was at Triple H, uh, the King of Kings, being very smart. Uh, he went out there nice and early yeah. uh, with the fresh crowd. Two big stars going out early, and they had. It, it was fascinating because whenever you go to a new country with with pro wrestling, what's the reaction going to be? And it really yeah. seemed from the reactions in this match to the. The gestures and the, they milked so much out of their basic grappling that you kind of thought to yourself, oh, what's weird. This is going to be a, a cool new experiment with a new crowd who reacts to everything. Then, it, in reality, it just turned out they reacted to everything because they were the two biggest stars on the show. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys would agree, but generally speaking, I think this crowd was good. And I didn't think they were anything like... They weren't ooing and eyeing at every little thing they saw. They were kind of just a good, regular WWE crowd. If you didn't know it was Saudi Arabia, you would have said this was a solid <laughs> crowd. Because, like, the cruiserweight... Because, like, I was thinking, oh, the cruiserweights are going to come out here, do loads of mental shit, and they don't care that they're not stars. They care that they, they haven't seen wrestling live before. So they're going to... Like, no, they, they didn't give a shit about the cruiserweights. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't know this was... This was in Saudi Arabia. I would have been confused by all the lads in like the white robes and the. <laughs> oh yeah, if, especially, yeah. especially the the one like the the Just VIP standing around guys. looking at, <laughs> back to the guys. ring. It's like, oh god, you guys are the worst to be at. I've seen people like you at OTT. It's not worse than when you're at the wrestling and there's a person <laughs> like literally with their like back to the ring, like you know, like looking at their phone or whatever. There was people that was that was the the VIP section, wasn't it? It was like yeah, there was one lad yeah. with a comically big camera as well, with a huge flashbulb on it. Uh, he works for WWE. <laughs> a camera with a flashbulb on it. Yeah, I didn't understand. That's that's impressive. Uh, yeah, they were clearly all sort of dignitaries or members of the royal family or whatever, who probably have no idea what wrestling is, but obviously they're there to be seen. Yeah, the fact that their front row is prestigious, I assume. Very comfortable uh, so chairs, though, it looks like. Was... Yeah, what was up with that? That, at least, that, that seemed cool. I, I'd pay extra for one of them. Uh, but yeah, uh, the opener was uh, not very good. I don't. I, thought, I, I actually liked the opener. I thought, I thought it was all right. Yeah, it, it I, was all right. It was definitely very house showy in that they kind of milked as much as they could out of like every single move like Triple H would do a punch and Cena would sell it and they really like sell it sell it sell it sell it sell it and kind of, on a level that's kind of what wrestling should be more like yeah it, it, it was alright I just you know I, I don't think it was especially memorable John Cena won but Triple H hasn't had a good match in a decade Young's. yeah who yeah. knows yeah and, and the Daniel Bryan match might have been his last 
probably the best. last the last great one, yeah. And the Ronda one was great, but not not because of him. Yeah. Um, but the Cena one, Triple H also just looks weird now with his horrible tan and big his beard. belly, big belly. Um, he looks like he looks like the new Kratos. <laughs> so John Cena won, and then just got this weird promo about no matter what's going on in my life. I'm glad I got to be a part of this special thing. And I was like, all right. And then he walked away. That was the end of that. Um, Cruiserweights, no one cared. It was like being back in the good old US of A. Uh, Cedric Alexander retained over Callisto. Matches all right, but the crowd didn't care. Um, I don't have the listing in front of me. What was the next the next match? Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Broken Woken against the bar. Gives this, a was, this was shit. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe they won, but I, I suppose I should have been surprised. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's yeah. That was nothing. Uh, Jeff Hardy beat Jinder Mahal. <laughs> Probably one of the worst matches of the night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I thought the Raw match was all right. This was rubbish. This was rubbish. What happened with that whisper of the wind, um, where Hardy went for his, you know, his turning senton and. As as Mahal came back into shot, instead of being standing there ready to catch Hardy and take the bump, he was like bent over, facing the wrong way. Jeff Hardy just lands on the ring, like whiffs completely, and then Mahal just takes a bump, a back bump. It was horrible. Yeah, and it's like, and uh, before the finish, Mahal like the finish was Hardy reversing Mahal's uh, finisher into a roll up, and then hitting a twist of fate in the time. It takes Jinder like 30 seconds to hook up his finisher even before someone reverses it my god he's rubbish um, I thought he thought he looked awful as always but I'm, unfortunately I thought Jeff Hardy also did not look especially good uh, uh, in this match but uh, I, I'm going to give him his signals run a bit more of a chance when he's in there with someone not horrendous yeah I mean this the, during this match I was thinking like thinking to myself uh, this Jinder Mahal lad is no good his his offense doesn't look that good. His selling is really bad. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what was um, next? Then the Bl- the Bludgeon Brothers defeated the Usos in five minutes. Yeah, another. I was I was hoping this would be a banger, which we didn't get at WrestleMania. Well, we didn't get it here either. Uh, of course not. Um, then you had the the four way ladder match: uh, Seth Rollins, Balor, Joe, and Miz. Uh, so this was pretty good. This was better yeah, like for the this. night. Yeah. Uh, not like a real classic ladder match or anything, but, but, but good. Uh, Bala not wearing his uh, gay pride t-shirt. No. Weird. Weird, isn't it? No. Well, what's going on there? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Whereabouts where on the show, I think it was around this point, they did a video package literally about how much better Saudi Arabia is getting. Yeah, uh, yeah. with a woman who was... Driving a car. Yeah, there was, they, they showed a woman driving a car. They had a woman who's like their socio political administrator or whatever the fuck. And she 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 did a little Stephanie fake cry in the video package about how great everything is getting. It was like there was already all this heated debate and discussion about this show and the true motivations of it. It isn't propaganda. I was honestly shocked that they would just be so blatantly fucking you know, pushing the narratives of the new Saudi Arabian. Funnily enough, uh, they also apparently aired an ad that featured women wrestling that had to be apologized for. Oh, yes. So it so, wasn't even wrestling. They were just, no, no, it was the, uh, it was the 
first of all, I wish they apologized to me for that ad. It's fucking horrible. The one <laughs> where they're all singing about how the pay-per-views are dual branded now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and so it's like Alexa Bliss, but but there's like a, there's an extended like the music cuts and there's like an extended ten seconds of, or ten or fifteen seconds of Carmella in her skin tight uh, uh, drinking water. Uh, yeah, that that thing. Carmella, good looking lady, showed off the the the, the curvaceous uh, lady body that she has. Uh, there was it was fucking hilarious. There was an Instagram video taken from within the building. And the lads were having a whale of a time when Carmella was on that. Woo! Oh, oh my god! Oh, they were like... Humana, humana, humana. Those lads did not need apologizing to <laughs> They regressed back uh, to, like, wolves or something. Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of hilarious. But, but what was interesting to me was... Uh, so they played it in the building, which I was surprised here. But also, this was simulcast. Obviously, it was on the network for everyone. But it was on TV over there. Um, and there was another controversial segment we'll get to later, the uh, Iranian heel segment, which was oh absolutely God. confounding. Straight out, straight out of 1982. I couldn't, so, but they obviously alerted the government that they were doing that, because that did not air on the television over there. Mm. But they somehow slipped between the cracks, they let this video... Uh, uh, air and obviously you know Carmela's booty was not was not appreciated so the the whatever the name of the commission is that, that co-produced this event that is in charge of bringing all this live entertainment it's the New Orleans uh, Athletic Commission <laughs> the Saudi Arabia Athletic Commission apologized <laughs> for all gigging and pile drivers on the show uh, no the, the the sports the sports government body put out a statement apologizing for the indecent images on the show that were broadcast. It's just, it's just fucking hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah. So they also it's... aired uh, videos, like backstage interviews. And I don't know what way they had it synced up, but there was like no crowd audio during them. So you had... Cri- was... Do you remember like Chris Jericho was doing his like, uh, you just made a list gimmick. And there would be like dead silence after he'd like do the line. So that was the uh, the prayer break. <laughs> that explains it, but it was it was super odd watching it. Yeah, it was, it was very very weird. So so it came out before the show. First of all, there was a rumor that they were going to have to take an hour prayer break. That was obviously someone messing. Uh, it was actually fifteen minutes, and it was literally for the patrons of the show to take a break and, and pray. Um, but again, it's 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 so fascinating that they let that Carmilla thing happen because they accounted for the Iranian angle not to air on TV. They. The the US uh, sorry the international including ourselves the international viewers were not aware. Why of why weren't they able to arrange it so that it wouldn't air for us? Because I didn't want to watch that shit. <laughs> but they were able to account for all this because the international viewers didn't know that the prayer was going on. They didn't acknowledge it. They just did. Here's your Chris Jericho promo, and somehow they let the the women's commercial thing air. But anyway, yeah, they had 15 minutes of prayer in the middle. Jericho did an awful promo, and yeah, it was it was weird. There's nothing worse than a WWE promo that's supposed to be funny, and the crowd, in this case, isn't laughing. But you know, you know, when sometimes in the states they're not laughing either. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of weirdness on this show. Why didn't they just pray during the Bray Wyatt match, like which is usually when people <laughs> disappear? Yeah, all the lads are like, "Oh God, here comes Bray Wyatt! Time for the piss break slash <laughs> slash prayer match." Well, I was gonna say that's why they couldn't pray during it because that was already the piss break. <laughs> Just worshiping the urinal. 
Um, That's very disrespectful. We, well, we should, should apologise. Yeah, can we get the, uh, the commission to apologise on behalf of Barry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was after the ladder match? Well, this, they, they brought, no, no, no. They brought out the four, oh, the four, just, uh, the four lads, Arabian blokes: Nassar, Hussein, Mansoor, and Faisal. Yeah, so they were the. Uh, I, I, honestly, it looked like a segment like they were going to do tough it off. Yeah, Big Show was going to come yeah. out and body slam each of them. They were the uh, the the tryout standouts, and they yeah they brought out they brought back Sean Davari, uh, uh, to to team with his brother who's currently signed Ari Davari. Sean Davari, by the way, half deflated from the last time I saw him because he used to be like ripped to shreds. Oh yeah, he's a, he's kind of a little chubby boy now. Yeah, in TNA especially, he was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so they brought them out to. <laughs> Stir hatred, I guess, uh, uh, as the, as their Iranian heels set the trainees cleared house. I can't believe they did this, but they did it. It was, it was so funny seeing this stereotypical foreign heel gimmick, but Saudi Arabia are the baby faces. I'm sure there was a, a KSA chant as well. I don't know if I imagined that. <laughs> we going KSA, KSA, love it or leave it. Or no, love it or be beheaded. Oh, anyway. Oh, sorry. I'm the bad guy. Oh. I thought we got this out of our systems last week when we were doing the the oil money gimmick, but apparently not. I think uh, I think Paul might have taken the Saudis' money. He seems very defensive. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, interesting. I was more offended by okay. the the offense of the the Saudi lads. They were throwing horrible kicks. <laughs> the lad with the power, st- <laughs> the, f- the first day of wrestling training power slam. Um, <laughs> lasted five uh, minutes. This is horrendous shit. So it was. Uh, um, then we had AJ and Nakamura. Uh, they, I thought this was better. They had quite a good match. And then they, they whipped down their pants and took a big shit with a lovely double carry finish. I I can't believe that some people, including myself, thought this would be the show where they would do the Reigns and Nakamura title wins. I thought they would do. I thought they would do at least Nakamura because just for the fact of being able to put on the on the newspapers, you know, WWE title changes hands in in Saudi Arabia. Whatever about Universal title, I don't know that that name wise has the same cachet, but WWE title changes hands. And then not only did that that not happen, it didn't even they didn't have a finish. They just did a double count out. It was and it was the lamest double count out as well. It wasn't like they did a big double down spot. They just Nakamura rolled out of the ring, Styles went after him and was beating him up, and they got counted out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Match is better. The match was good. The match was quite good, I would say. Shitsuke uh, Shitsuke has a bit more going from his heel, I think. Oh, I think he's way better, way better since he turned. I like his new theme song as well, with the rapping in it. Yeah, that was interesting. I'm generally not a fan of giving people new music when they turn babyface or heel, but I quite like this one. Um, yeah. So then, uh, Undertaker Rusev in the casket match. Um, surprisingly, not awful. I thought it was all right. Yeah, they did a little bit more than I would have. Expected like it was. Yeah. It was more than we got in the Cena match, which is all the more baffling. Right. 
I, so, it, yeah. it was it was longer. Like this was more like a regular, like an actual match. Yeah. Um, I think I, it, I think it speaks volumes that he didn't even try to get Big Rusev up for the tombstone. Yes, yeah, and like I, I just thought Undertaker just looked horrible. Oh well, he looked like the Crypt Keeper. It's like, but he was like he was very wobbly, unsure of his feet. The old school, he took like one step on the top rope and jumped off, like he was about to lose his balance. Every everything. Oh, he, he was doing. Uh, sorry, he was doing like strikes in the corner. Like his his classic Undertaker, you know, shot to the ribs, haymaker, and then he just like fell over and he just had to like catch himself on the ropes. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what, what caused that. He like just... like it's it's full on it's full on sad at this point. And like the questions about whether or not he can have a great match anymore are officially oh know, over. over. Yeah, his forehead is about two feet long as well at this stage. <laughs> But, uh, like that, yeah, that hair is clinging on for dear life. Uh, but of, of course, again, like Triple H, he, I mean, he was mega over. He was so popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. as, as you might expect, first time in the region. Uh, matches, you know, was what it was. Uh, he won. I, I, you know, again, you know, how short result. Yeah, but he's, he's kind of passed over now into like nostalgia act. Like he, he's like a Hulk Hogan now, where he can come out and do his like leg drop and do his punches mm. and. Mm. He'll do his, he'll do his, his, oh my god, the, with the big long ramp, his entrance went on for about five minutes. Um, yeah. he, 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 that's the way he is now. He's more like, he's just an act now. He's not gonna give you the, like, matches like he did, whatever. Yeah. Seven years ago, six, six years ago. Uh, and that brought us to the WWE title match? No, the Universal yes. title match. Oh, yes, the, yes, the, the red belt, yeah. Uh, this was rubbish. <laughs> uh, it was rubbish with uh, uh, a really great, like, I, I, I hesitate to say great finish because I don't think it was a great finish, but a great spot to finish on. Yes. Which was such a waste because the finish, the way they did it was so dumb. So the match was exactly what you'd expect. Brock threw Roman around. Roman, like, pretty much just hit uh, uh, Superman punches and, and a spear. Which I remember the first match, like the simplicity of it and just the violence of it made it feel cool. They've now done this three times and it's just completely boring. Uh, The finish was Brock was between the cage and the ropes. And so Roman does a big E-esque spear to the outside. The cage uh, wall breaks and they both collapse to the floor. Very cool looking spot. Reigns looked like he nearly killed himself. Brock took an almighty thump on the floor. It was great. The key to this spot is that the bottom part of the cage was still kind of attached to the frame of the cage. So Lesnar was very much like at an angle to the floor. His legs were in the air. Roman spears him through the cage and Roman immediately rolls off him onto the floor. Brock is still kind of hung up, tied up in the cage mess. And they somehow ruled that Brock had won this match because he he hit the floor first. Even though... Because they've done finishes like this in the past, right? Where it's a cage match, and mm. dudes fall out at the same time, or whatever, or out the door and over the top. And the rule they always, always go by is feet. Feet touching the floor. That's the rule. Yeah. Yeah. So even though Roman's feet obviously hit first, they they fudged it, and they just tried to make it seem like Brock, 
Brock's back touching the floor was sufficient. Because it was so hilarious, because it was specifically his feet that were elevated from the ground. Like, there was no... Yeah. There was, there was no way you could slice this. Um, I don't know how, in, like, theory, when they were putting this together, they didn't envision that this exact thing would happen. But, uh... Yeah, I wonder if, if Lesnar was supposed to roll over or something. Because he's always going to have the cage underneath him, so how would his feet ever touch the floor? Does make any sense? Uh, wrestling. So the match was bad, and Roman lost again, and the finish was crap. So yep. this feud, this feud has done a tailspin since the like initial promise it might have showed. Um. So so yeah, that was that. Um, and I believe then we had the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which uh, was fifty men, and was. Uh, the biggest stars, honestly, were the people they had like announced ahead of time. There were no surprises, I don't think. Um, well, there were well, some surprises, cool. but there weren't any. There weren't any good surprises. Um, good. I have to say, fifty men. My God, some of the jabrones that got in this match. <laughs> uh, both the Ascension guys. Uh, uh, both the Miz Taraj guys. Sin Cara, oh. Primo. Sin Cara, Primo. Who I genuinely, no joke, legitimately forgot was still employed. Uh, one of the heavy machinery guys. Yeah, Tucker Knight. Uh, where was where was like Andrade Almas? Where was where was like you Sanity? Know, where was Sanity? Where was the, where were the fucking like? Uh, I don't know. Um, they were they were still finishing up the NXT house show uh, over in US. I, I I think that's what they were doing. Um, okay. You had you know your Heat Slater Rhino. Um, and then, yeah, lots of quote-unquote surprises. Baba Tunde. Yeah, the, the surprises just, for the most part, amounted to the tallest guys from NXT. So that yeah. the Saudis would go, oh, so big. So they had, they had <laughs> Baba Tunde, Dan Matha. Um, they had, not from NXT, but they had um, <laughs> Sumo, like. Hiroki Sumi. Sumi. Which I didn't know what yeah. to make of that. Um, they, in fairness, they did have uh, Roderick Strong at one point. Great Kali came down, and he, oh my god, he looked is he looked like a skeleton with the Great Kali's body because his face is so sullen now. He is on the brink of death. Um, by all appearances, Ty Dillinger not at number ten, which was surprising. Um, me and my brother, when we were watching this, and, and this actually made it a lot more entertaining than it actually was but we made a, a game out of trying to predict each entry um i got five out of 50 which is more than i expected i i predicted ziggler as one of the stars which he was uh randy orton i got right somehow baron corbin i got right somehow um but yeah that Watching the Rumble, you know, partially there's just a lot of geeks in it, a lot of uh, jabrones. Um, Daniel Bryan set a new record. He was in there for an hour, like fifteen or something. Yeah, seventy six minutes, <sighs> which is mad. And he also he also bested Roman Reigns' elimination record. I thought um, I thought yeah, that was Roman Brian, did it. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Ooh. No, Brian only eliminated three people. Did he? I, I, maybe I, mean, I saw some incorrect stats then after the fact. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, it was a good performance by Brian, but like sometimes those long rumble performances, I mean, they don't really involve doing much. I think he did. Mm. He had some really cool moments with uh, with Roderick Strong and stuff like that. But you know, just, just hanging around in there fighting Brian Myers and fucking Heath Slater. Um, uh, and obviously, I mean, I know they're they're feuding, but what a what a lack of. Uh, uh, con- what a what a anti climax for Brian to be tossed out by Big Cass. Oh, big trash! God, that guy fucking sucks. <laughs> Get him off my television. You know who had a particularly bad showing was um. Robert, bring back Enzo. Was Lashley. Oh my! Yeah. He nearly fucking God. killed Big Cass. And he, he nearly killed Big Cass and and Elias, who I think he's feuding with. Buddy, I am not looking forward to them having a fifteen minute match on pay per view because they were. They were in different universes. They were lost in the to... woods with their match. Oh my god, they were awful together. But lastly, I mean, this is all this this experiment already feels like it's fucking dead in the water. Between, I mean, like you know, his first week was all right. Then, like he was in a like a nothing multi man tag, and then this match. Oh my goodness! Um, they got to be real careful with him because he he could very quickly be uh, another Roman Reigns where he's resented for just not being good and being pushed for being a big muscly man. So I think be- I, honestly, I think WWE might lose interest in him before the fans have a chance oh, to resent him. Yeah, like, yeah. Look at look at the way he just nearly killed Big Cass, who's in a so- somewhat prominent feud at the moment. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy. <laughs> You know, and he had his, he had his great moments in TNA, but he also you know he had his not so great moments. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, so who knows who knows what they're going to do with him? But I would imagine they, uh, I, I would imagine most people in in that office are probably feeling the same way we did. Hmm. And then Kurt Angle is in there looking ancient as well. Yeah, I don't know uh, how he gets, you know, passes the medical and gets approved for that because he is. He's held together with like string at this point. Uh, Rey Mysterio came out in a little nappy. Uh, yeah, he came out in his Saudi gear. I thought he looked good again. Yeah, yeah, in great shape. Uh, but the best moment of the whole uh match, of course, was uh number thirty-eight or thirty-nine. Tyus O'Neill came out. Oh my yep. God! Yes, nearly forgot. And somehow tripped. On the the padding on the outside of the ring and slipped under the ring. Yeah, dived. The ring was brilliant. I was initially kind of skeptical about it, but it was like so perfect that yeah. I I don't think it could it could be like I don't think it could be replicated. I think it was uh it was so accidental that it was perfect. You know. Yeah. Um, and the commentator's reaction was very funny as well. <laughs> I thought they were having a lot of fun in this match. I quite enjoyed the commentary. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were. They were just. It was like NXT back in the day or something. They were just like I. I get the vibe that they thought no one really cared. Yeah. Um, which, which you know, I guess the priority was the live crowd and the Saudi broadcast. I don't. It's probably probably no one did care with regards to the uh, uh, the English commentary, but. Um, yeah, that was that was funny um, for a guy whose career is already kind of a, a joke. Um, uh, and then didn't he get in and got, got eliminated in, in in like one of the lo- the lowest times ever? Wasn't he two seconds? Oh wait, no, I think it's no. You're thinking of the, uh, was Dash Wilder was the real short one, was it? No, was he? Uh, Canales. 
Oh, uh, Mike Canales. Canales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, what a great theme song, by the way. I forgot how good his theme song is. Um, he was, yeah, he was looking. Uh, he was in good shape. I must say. He yeah, was, no, you know, he's always in good shape. I mean, uh, but, but he's got like a I good. Just, he's got a good look to him. Yeah, that his career was kind of a non-starter because it was like a tough gimmick to get over, and then they had to leave TV because he had his problems, and then Maria had her uh, baby. You know, so. Um, God, I mean, what do you what do you do with this guy at this stage? Kind of feels like, again, that's kind of an example of what we were dealing with in terms of the star power of this rumble. I mean, uh, another another guy you'd forget was even involved in the company at the moment. But with with Jinder Mahal, there's a chance for everybody. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know what? That is true. That's one of the positives of his of his push. All you need to do is get on the juice and casually passed in front of front of Vince McMahon maybe pop the first you know couple of buttons on your shirt open give him a wink you'd be WWE champion next week uh, speaking of getting on the gas you know who absolutely 100% was not on the gas and that was Chris Jericho <laughs> every time I see him his body is looking weirder and weirder he's like a weird potato man at this point yeah and like at the end of the day who cares he's like 50 or whatever um, he's not 50, surely. Well, he's like mid 40s. Mid to late 40s. What is he, 47? Uh, he's not that far off. Really, but it, it wasn't so much that he was looking a bit pudgy. It was just kind of lack of tan. Like he had a big white dad belly. <laughs> yeah, he had very dark arms. Yeah, he, so he was like, he was obviously doing. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a farmer's tan, wasn't it? Bit of a farmer you know? tan, yeah. Um, and also the hair was just horrendous. Like, it's good. It's a good thing that his gimmick is kind of dilute. Well, in New Japan, at the very least, like. Angry, delusional, aging rocker. Um, uh, but Babyface, you made the list. Chris Jericho was a bit weird. But uh, yeah, him and Owens did the uh, uh, the hockey fight gimmick. Uh, Sami Zayn was not, not present. Sami Zayn was not on it, yeah. Uh, Melser uh, said that he did not object to being there, but WWE objected to booking him. Um, given the current climate... Uh, so that was odd. Yeah, uh, and then, so after, I mean, after Brian got eliminated, I, I kind of stopped caring. Well, that was right at the end, anyway. Yeah, Broad came out, it came, who, who came out, was it Broad and Cass at the end? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, the big lads. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was a lot of big boys in this, in this match. Uh, Baba Tunde and, uh, Dan Matha were, were pretty impressively huge. Yeah. Uh, uh, if that's if that's what the type of thing you're into in wrestling, which it's funny because with Dan Matha they promoted his NXT debut for like weeks. He had like these little vignettes um, for like weeks leading up to his debut, and he was going to have his debut match, and then Samoa Joe came out and just beat the piss out of him, and he never reappeared. Hmm. That's that's how I know him. I know him from being he got beat up by Samoa Joe. Um, and after Braun won, there was a very awkward moment where he like looked like a massive mark who just got pulled into the ring. A one? This, he like looked at the, like the Saudi dignitary and was like, this uh, me? This for me? Can I pick this up? I was like, what the fuck is this? Just fucking pick up the trophy, man. Uh, and he got a hideous green title. A bright green uh, John Cena belt. Yeah. The, the, the actual plates looked all right, but that green is just absolutely hideous. Um... And then there was a bunch of fireworks, and that was it. That was your that was your house show, basically. Um, your five and a half hour house show. So yeah, they may they, there's talk they may be back there as soon as this fall. Uh, oh god! If that, 
But if that's not the case, they will definitely be back next year. It's a 10-year agreement is what they have uh, 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 with the Saudis. So they, they will absolutely be back. Okay. Well, un- unlike the Marvel Universe, I don't think I'll be watching all of the uh, entries in this one. No. You, you... <laughs> uh, I can't wait for it. The, the greatest Survivor Series with like 13 versus 13. Biggest Survivor Series ever. <laughs> The greatest backlash. It's got 28 shit matches instead of nine shit matches on it. The greatest Hell in a Cell. Uh, the whole arena's in the Hell in a Cell. Biggest Hell in a Cell ever. The greatest money in the bank. There's just fucking 100 money in the bank briefcases hanging for the ring. Everyone fucking gets one. Best one ever. Ugh. And you win the Money in the Bank briefcase and you just get a weird little belt and a trophy of no consequence. Yeah, they didn't even say title shot or anything. No. But I guess, they, 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 again, it's a house show. They didn't want to overcomplicate it. By it was a house show they promoted on TV for the last, like, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so that was... That's pretty much the wrestling for this week. Uh... I don't know if there's anything else we wanted to well, just talk a little, about. A little bit of news. A couple of news items I put down. Pentagon won the uh, TNA world title. Yeah, loot, uh, TNA is just Lucha Underground now. Everybody's on impact. I don't know if that yeah. was at a pay-per-view or, or right. a taping. It was Redemption. Yeah, it was their last pay-per-view. It was on Sunday. Oh, okay. TNA yeah. But the original main event was supposed to be Del Rio. Del Rio. Yeah. Okay. But it, Pentagon, it was Pentagon, Phoenix, and Austin Aries. Yeah. Why is everybody uh, on Impact now? Everybody from Lucha Underground is on Impact. Is it, what is going on with Lucha Underground? It's weird, isn't it? And, um, Scott Steiner's back. Scott Steiner's back. They had a little Matt's promo version two. Mm. It was nice. Scott Steiner did a, a Frankensteiner, by the way, and nearly landed on his own head no. and died. Uh-oh. Yeah. God. I don't think it was on Butch. I've, I've watched Butchermania already. I think it was on. Oh, it. Then it on yet. I, just, I saw a gif of it and he uh, he looked like he, when he landed he was going to turn to dust with the force of it because he is old. Um, yeah, and apparently World of Sport is possibly making a comeback. Um, oh, yeah. They, they booked some taping dates in Norwich uh, for... I can't remember when, but quite soon. So yeah, World of Sport could be returning to uh, an ITV station near you, um, which presumably means we'll actually see some of the WWE UK guys doing something rather yeah. than just working indie shows and occasionally showing up with the belt. <laughs> and occasionally going to NXT. Yeah. kind of wonder who's going to be on it, though. Um, World of Sport. I feel like some of the guys... And the last one might not be available now. I can't remember. But anyway, um, probably be uh, all the Lucha Underground guys. <laughs> At this rate, yeah, maybe. Pen- Pentagon will be the yeah World of Sport champion. <laughs> no, Jeff Jarrett uh, will be the champion. I think it's, uh, oh, yes. it's May those tapings are. Uh, I have to go check Ricky Knight's Facebook page to see what his takes are uh, about, the, about that because they're going to Norwich. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, p- people seemed kind of tepid on that last uh, 
world of sport thing. I think we talked about it at the time. It's just like, yeah, your 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 uncle and your dad, your fifty year old dad, they're, they're not gonna want to watch fucking, you know, um, uh, Zach Gibson and some uh, flippy do lads do moves. They want. Um, I was about to say they want people like Big Daddy and Giant. They, they don't want people like them. They want there's something about like the the lapsed fan who just has no concept of time, and they want to know. But, but why doesn't Steve Austin still? Where's he gone? Why isn't he still doing it at 50 years of age? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like they're not really interesting. They they just were into it at one time, but they don't really give a shit about the progression of where it's at. You know, it, it, I feel like it's just it's it's the brand world of sport. It's just impossible to to please everyone. I think if you were to do a style like they did back in the day, I think your current era fans wouldn't give a shit. And I think if you do current era wrestling, you're not going to get that that world of sport uh, crowd. It's tough. Uh, it's uh, impossible, yeah. I would say. You, you, you might even say, well, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe if they like, make, if they really camp it up and they make it gladiators-esque, it might find a niche on Saturday nights on ITV. Um, yeah, no, because I like, think I think if it's just your your typical robust UK wrestling, I don't think that's gonna attract a, a wide uh, audience. And if it's like your your classic world of sport, over the top, big belly slam, giant haystacks, big daddy style wrestling, I think that's you know I think that era has just gone. I don't think it's you know viable for 2018. I think. I think it's a fool's endeavor, this whole world sport thing. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Jarrett is just squeezing as much money out of it as he can, and he'll be on to the next thing. Because I don't think, you know, Grado and that bloke off the WWE UK tournament with a one year is going to set the world on fire. Joseph Connors. Yeah. Where's my wallet? You know? Um, you know, and like WWE really recently snatched up Zach Gibson, and you know they still have they still have the heavy hitters under contract. You know Tyler Bate, Pete, uh, Pete Dunne. Yep. You know, so uh, be tough. But we'll we'll comment on those obviously as they they air. It was a pretty quick turnaround from when they taped the last few. I think they taped in November and then they aired on like uh, New Year's Day. So maybe by June, July, these will be on air. We'll see. Um, but yeah, watch this space. Um, I think that's I think that's really it for the wrestling news this week. Yeah. Um, there's some kind of OTT news, but we'll we'll talk about that next week. We'll do, we can do a Scrapper Mania preview next week. Um, so uh, me, and Paul, me and Paul can talk about that. They, they have a they have a full card. They added a match. They added two matches actually. So we will, uh, we'll talk about that then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have a message from uh, Natty. She sends her regards to everybody. Hello. So hello from her. And I feel uh, better. Well she's not she's not that sick. She's still a bit sick. She's not too bad. Hmm. She's okay. Uh yeah. So we will uh we'll be back next week with more emails talking more uh, uh wrestling and all the other fun stuff. And yeah, maybe me and Paul will set some time aside at the end of the show to record a uh, Scrapper Mania preview, a little rundown of what's what's uh Did you get your Haven for Monsters ticket? I did, and I was very lucky because I actually slept it out. Oh. And I went on at about twenty past ten, and there was uh, it showed as no tickets there. I refreshed, and there was one. I went to buy it. It said no, it's not available. I refreshed again, 
And I repeated this cycle a couple of times, and eventually I got one. It must have just been the classic thing of people not, you know, opening several tabs and then ending up not buying them, and they were kind of occupied and then not occupied. Eventually, I got a ticket okay. uh, for a floor seat. Very much looking forward to that. Walter live in the Tivoli. That's going to be a fun time. You're going to that, I assume. Yep. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we can run all that down there uh, uh, next week. So yeah, until then. It's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towder. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Murphy. Good boy. Good boy.